Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. So hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello, and I'm VP Business Development and Non-Media Group. Before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor. For those of you that are not unfamiliar, sorry, with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. And they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, visit valleyfirst.com business. And again, th- big thank you to Valley First for coming on board as sponsor. Today on Business Matters, we welcome Jay Christensen. Uh, Jay, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Jay is a wealth planning specialist at Valley First and has been at Valley First for 20 years. I was just joking before we started that. I like to look at previous roles and I go to link Jay's LinkedIn profile and he has one entry, which is 22 plus years at Valley First. So you don't find that a lot. So it's a testament to the organization yourself being with them for so long. So, yeah, no, it's, it's been great. You know, my, my role has evolved over the time. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics, but the wealth landscape has evolved obviously. Yeah. And, and my, I've been fortunate that my role has evolved with it and I look forward to coming in every day and the people are great and yeah, I'm going to hopefully the, the train will continue. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, so some might think it's interesting that we have in the discussion around retirement income today, but I think there's no better time than a present and probably more important now than ever. And I was looking at some, some stats. I think there's an article that you wrote about how uh, people might be seeing their portfolio returns right now as a roller coaster ride. So, um, but we're, we've been in these situations before. I think you mentioned, you know, 2007, 2008 was, you know, the recession fueled by the mortgage crisis in the U.S. 9-11 terrorist attacks resulted in over 11% drop. But there's really no data that shows like a pandemic we are now in modern times. But, you know, markets go up and down. That's what they do. And, and you know, weathering the storm um, will, will, be, will put you in a position to get better returns. So we have lots to cover. So let's get started. Um, before we jump into questions, curious what you're hearing and seeing right now. Like you're working with a lot of investor businesses and individuals. What sort of sentiment, what sort of the overarching feeling that you're getting right now in the market? Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's uncertainty and I, you know, that's causing the volatility in the stock stock market. It's, you know, causing a lot of conversations in our branches because people are coming in or, or, you know, we're proactively reaching out to our members and having those conversations with them. I think, you know, um, a lot of people, every time we'll go through something like this, it's like, this time it's different. This time it's right, different. Right. And it never is, right? I mean, it's it's always, you know, it's happened before, you know, it's it's something that the, the markets have kind of planned for. Um, the, I will concede though this time, the one thing that's a little bit different is the, uh, I think the emotional uh, strength of, of, the, of 
you know, basically everybody, not just our members, but right. the public in general. Um, it's this pandemic has taken an emotional toll on us and right. it's affecting people's mental health. And now I think what's happening is we're seeing this volatility in the market and we're already in a, in a let's call it a vulnerable spot that amplifies it. So from a market perspective, this stuff happens, you know, when I'm talking to people about long-term planning and even people that are going into retirement or at the doorstep of retirement, they're still planning for 20 or 30 years down the road. That's long-term. Right. Right. They're going to have these things happen three or four more times. Right. right. So it's important to get people into something they're comfortable with that they can stay invested in at times like this. But like I say, there's probably a little bit more of that, you know, more of the emotional support Fair enough. Than, yeah. than just to the markets. Fair enough. Um, so what does a wealth planning specialist do? What is your role entail? What is it? I want to say day to day, but I'm sure no day is the same, but what, 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 you know, what, what does it entail? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about my role is, is literally every day is different. Um, you know, basically, uh, my job at the credit union is to partner with both our in-branch financial advisors that are our four quadrant, uh, suppliers to our members. So they'll do the lending, the investments, bank right. accounts, um, you know, all those types of day-to-day -day transactions with the member and, and kind of support them in, in the wealth conversations and deliver to our members a full, you know, advice-based relationship, you know, so kind of turn it from just transaction. They're coming in when they need a mortgage or when they need to do an RSP contribution and turn it into an advice-based long-term Give, give them the tools and the information they need to be uh, successful in retirement or, or whatever their goal is uh, right. going forward. So do you, are you, you sort of, I want to say triage, but you're the, you're, you, you work with sort of your team and then the client, you're, I don't want to say the goal between, that's not the right term, but you're sort of yeah. triage of what the need may be. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm a, I'm basically a team member. Okay. Um, and then, so one, I'm going to make sure that that member gets, gets, whatever they're in today for gets done. The, you know, one of the worst things is a member will come in and say, hey, I wanna do this. And we turn it into a big conversation and send them out the door and don't do it. So yeah. we'll take care of the immediate need for them, whether that's wealth or you know, any of the other uh, products and services we have. Right. And then my job is to provide them a, a plan, either the beginning of a retirement plan or the, the full blown plan, depending on where they are in life. And then also make sure that as a relationship, they end up with the right the right person based on asset size and um, you know how complex their needs are what their knowledge level is just so that they're getting the right service from from valley first makes sense when when i hear the retirement word retirement income what does that mean to you like what does the word retirement income mean to individuals yeah uh you know it's it's interesting you know if you really look at it, retirement income is a multitude of sort different sources, right? So it's it could really mean anything um, as far as the structure of, of money coming into your account in retirement. But really what it is, is it's a function to drive the lifestyle you, you're looking for in retirement. You know, it's all it is is a tool to be able to have you retire the way you, you know, you dream of retiring. Right. Okay. So you know this topic isn't just is sorry is, is for all ages it's not just for people you mentioned that it's not for someone who's just hey i'm going to retire next year you're starting the process years before right is you know so when you're when you're in your 20s you, sh you should start thinking about this you shouldn't wait till you're 65 it's too late 
Yeah, I mean, it's not too late, but it's it's definitely you've missed out on a great opportunity if you do wait to 65, because, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, you know, now that we're having these conversations with our members, there's lots of them that we're engaging with that are 65 that haven't gone through this before anywhere. You know, they're moving to Valley First or for right. whatever reason, right. it hasn't happened. And yeah, you know, there's not a there's not a huge um, ability to affect, um, you know, what that retirement looks like you know, as far as the assets they have to work with, but we can help them be much more tax efficient in retirement. You know, really a big part of my job is, is, you know, most people when they retire, they're doing it for the first time. They have no idea what it looks like. They have no idea what they're going to do, you know, a hundred days from now or 10 years from now, right? Like as soon as the honey-do list wears out and, you know, all the things, hey, you know what I'm going to do in retirement? This, well, a week later, then what do you got? Right. So it's it's having those conversations. So it's it's still super important, you know, to sit down and, and talk to a planner and, and, you know, come up with some ideas and, and you know, little ways that we can still make that retirement, uh, you know, better for the members. But obviously, the sooner the sooner you start, the, uh, you know, the more powerful is the more the more you have ability to, to actually change what that retirement is. Right. I mean, yeah. from my background, I've been a big, a big fan of planning, you know, whether it's game yeah. planning in sports or, you know, planning in retirement. It's, it's hard to get to your destination if you don't know what it is. Yeah, fair enough. So what are some if, if it's someone that's approaching retirement? What are some of the key questions they should be asking themselves? What are some of the things that you run through even with them at that with, you know, when you're, you're five years, three years out? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think one of, the, one of the big things is having people try to envision what their retirement, what their retirement's gonna look like. Because invariably, if people haven't gone through that process and really spent a lot of time thinking about it, even people that are getting into their 60s and at 65, if I sit down and ask them, okay, what income do you need in retirement? They're automatically going to default to what I need to pay the bills. Right. And I need this much for insurance, this much for food, this much for property tax, you know, gas, whatever it is, right. cell phone bill. That's it. Well, that's that's surviving. That's not yeah, retirement. Right. If we have, if we're going to plan for retirement, let's plan for the retirement they want. So it's really about envisioning down the road what that looks like. And that's the challenge with young people. They've got all the time in the world, but you talk to a 25-year-old and say, Okay, what do you want to do in retirement? Uh, video game. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a challenge, but it's it's really about um, having them, like I say, having that goal, having that destination that they want to work towards, and then you know just make sure that uh, you know we're putting plans in place like to get them there. Right. You know the the rest of the plan is is mathematical, right? Like you know retirement age again. You know a lot of times we'll have couples sitting in front of us and and. You know, if they're in their, if they're not in their 60s and you ask them when they want to retire, they'll either say 50, which is, you know, the goal, yeah. or they'll look at each other and go, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really about starting those conversations as early as possible. So we can, if there are gaps, we can close it. Right. And then the other one, of course, is, you know, uh, I mean, especially now, um, finding that, you know, that ability to pay yourself first and, and right. do monthly contributions and, and start, you know, start doing, especially, you know, it's, it's a challenge um, psychologically to start that plan. It's just like starting a diet, right? Like it's hard to start. Once you've started dieting and you start losing weight and you see the benefit of it, it's a lot easier, right? right. With investing, it's the same thing. Getting somebody to start that doesn't really have a lot of investment uh, assets is tough because well, what's a hundred bucks going to do or what's 50 bucks going to do. But all of a sudden that grows to 20. Oh, let's see if I can get that to 40. Let's see if I can get that to hundred. 
right? So it, you know, it's just getting that, getting that started and how much can you kind of commit to that? Fair enough. So what are, I mean, you, you've worked with thousands of clients, um, you know, what are some of the, mis, you know, mistakes you see people making when it comes to retirement savings or, or retirement income? Like what are some of the things that you can pinpoint? Yeah. Well, I mean, one, the, the biggest mistake is just not planning, right? Okay. You know, there's, there's an old uh, financial planner uh, saying that is people don't plan to fail. They simply fail to plan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you don't, you know, at 25, you don't say, Hey, my goal is to get to 65 and not have done anything. Right. right. They just don't start that. So the, the biggest, uh, the biggest mistake is just not having those conversations. Yeah. And, and then two, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, taxational things that we can do, you know, structure when to take money out of certain accounts, when to, you know, when to take CPP and OAS, you know, all those moving pieces. And, and I think the biggest thing is people just like, you know, I mean, again, income is income. A lot of people will hit 60 and go, Hey, I'm eligible for CPP. I'm taking it. Right. Might not be the best, uh, you know, from a tax perspective, the best thing to do if you've got, you know, a defined contribution or a defined benefit pension plan, or you've got, you know, built up RSP savings that you could, you know, take out as RIFs earlier and, and postpone your CPP. So there's all those things that they just don't really think about, right? They just become a reaction and I get my CPP, I'm taking it. Right, right. Fair enough. So what about when you're having a discussion with someone that's younger, like, so... And, you know, what are some of the things you're talking to them about? Someone that's in their mid twenties or early thirties. And, you know, what does that discussion sound and feel like? Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, definitely um, cost of living and inflation is a discussion, right? Because that's going to be significantly different when they're older. Right. Um, you know, and I think um, having a discussion around, you know, the time value of money, right? The biggest thing they have, the biggest advantage they have at that age is, is time. Um, you know, they start investing early, you know, when they get into their, their, uh, and it's a challenge because, you know, the age you're talking about, you know, we're buying houses, we're getting married, we're right. having kids, you know, I've been there, yeah. there wasn't a lot of extra money, right? But yeah. if you yeah. just kind of commit to a little bit just to kind of keep that going, you know, the amount that that works to down the road. So doing those types of calculators with them just to show that a very, very little bit now is going to provide huge dividends down the road. So, you know, then they don't get to, you know, like somebody in, in my situation where, you know, kids are out of the house, you yeah. know, the monthly amounts, you know, I don't have the same, you know, restrictions I did or right. the same, uh, things I had when I was younger. Now I'm in a position to do more, but, you know, if I had to play catch up now, you know, now it's like having kids at home, you'd still be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, to get to more of a manageable spot where, you know, I know what my retirement goal is and I know how, you know, I can get to that. It's just a matter of, you know, tweaking here and there instead of going, oh, you know, I got to cut out everything just to be able to, to meet my goal. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of, you mentioned already a couple of acronyms when it comes to savings and investment products. So can you explain some of the ones or maybe some key ones that, you know, that are retirement products and how they would work for someone? Sure. You know, the first one that comes to mind when you ask that question is a TFSA, which stands for tax-free savings account. You know, it's probably one of the few things that the government of Canada has ever done that is purely <laughs> no strings attached. It's great for, you know, right. for citizens, right, from a tax perspective. Um, but I think they misnamed it, right? So they called it a tax-free savings account. So a lot of people think it's a savings account. You have your checking account at the bank and then you have a savings account. 
Well, a tax-free savings account can be invested in anything that your RSP can be invested, that your open account or a non-registered account or joint account, you know, can be invested. The only difference is, is any of the gain is tax-free compared, you know, while it's in there or when you take it out and compared to an open account would be taxed kind of on an annual basis. So huge tax tool, you can name beneficiaries. So it bypasses your estate. It's, it's probably the best and strongest, you know, planning uh, in, like investment type that there is, but most people don't understand it unless right. they've had these conversations. RSPs, you know, re registered retirement savings plan, you know, I think, you know, with tax-free savings accounts, they've become a little bit less um, important, but they're still a great, you know, a great planning tool, a great investment tool to, to reduce tax now and drive that income down the road. Um, what people don't understand is they get to the time where they retire, now they have to take it out and they're a little bit taxed and they kind of forget the benefits they've had for the 20 years that it's been in there. So yeah. it gets a little bit of a bad rap, but it's it's really about sitting down and, and having all those things explained to you know the member and, and what the benefits were and, and kind of where they are, so. Right. And everyone's situation is unique, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't paint everybody with the same brush when it comes yeah. to what you're talking about. So, so um, for those of you that know you, or maybe we'll let them know for those. So you had a career in football, including playing for the Okanagan Sun and, and I think 10 plus years in the CFL. So I'm curious how, and I, and I just, you just mentioned before the call, now you've transitioned. I knew you were coaching, but now you've transitioned to interim, so we interim or president? Oh, right now, <laughs> president of the Okanagan Center. But I'm curious, how is that? And you mentioned a little bit about planning. How has that experience helped in your current role? Like, so you, I'm sure you draw from things from your career and coaching and playing, and that now that. And you mentioned a little bit. You kind of had a little bit of insight. You're saying that you, you know you're a planner when it comes to gameplay. Is there other areas that you you're pull, you pull from? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first of all, I don't get hit as much now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was playing, but better, a little easier on the knees. Uh, right. But yeah, no, I mean, definitely it's that organization. It's, it's you know, having all those moving pieces. And, and really, you know, um, anytime you play a team sport, I'll obviously use football because that's my background. Right. You how to um, interact with other people and how a group of you can be the best you can be rather than a bunch of individuals. Right. I think, you know, definitely financial planning is that. It's not me coming in and being the, you know, the super know-it-all and saying, you need to do this, this, and this. Right. It's, it's us and the members and, and other parts of the team here at Valley First working with our members to, you know, to put the best plan in place, you know, the best chance to succeed for that member. And, right. and it's, you know, really a very similar to football, like the tactics of it. Interesting. Do, do you miss it? You know what? I was fortunate enough that I don't miss playing because, you know, I had a, as you mentioned, a great 10 year career, but my last year I got traded to Ottawa when they were still the Rough Riders. Okay. Yeah. And it took my will to play away. Like it was, it was, a, it was an organizational mess. We went three and 15. I was like, yeah, I'm done. You know, yeah, but I'm done. my, uh, my son was probably a year and a half old at the time. And, and my wife was pregnant with our, our daughter, our youngest. And I just went, you know what, I don't want to be here or it's not fun. I, you know, I'm not going to be at the birth of my daughter. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm not done. Really, yeah. Well, you're still tied. You're still tied to it with the Okanagan. That was the other thing. It's, you know, when you talk about old players, it's yeah. not the getting smashed up they missed. It's the relationships yeah. and the camaraderie and the, the right. locker room. And I got to continue on with that with the Okanagan side. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, so the last eight months, like you said, have been probably an interesting time. I know we've been through downturns before, but maybe unlike this, but you know, is that really heightened or highlighted the need for professional advice when it comes to retirement income financial planning more than ever, I would assume. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you look at what, um, you know, what an advisor does for their members, the value of that advice, and whether that's my role or the in-branch financial advisors or, you know, other planning specialists here, right. um, the biggest thing that we can do to impact our members, so there's planning, making sure there's ongoing investments. The biggest one, though, is when we go through times like this, the worst thing people can do is, is take money out of their investments. Right, right. Like I, you know, it, it's, it's not funny because of the circumstances. Okay. But the thing that was going around in the investment world when we first hit the pandemic was don't touch your face, don't touch your investments. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Good advice for everybody. And, 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 you know, there, you see a lot of stuff where people are going to, you know, um, do it yourself investing, online investing, things like that, which for the right person, you know, we've got that same product with yeah. what we call virtual wealth. So there is a niche for that. But for the average person, they need someone to be able to sit down with them and say, you know what, things are going to be all right. We've been through this before. The markets are going to come back. You're better off staying. And, and, you know, it's been proven that people that deal with with um, advisors that have those kind of relationships with their members do better off down the road, even though, you know, you see these commercials where, you know, they're kind of painting a, a different picture. Right. Fair enough. So do, do you work with business owners as well as just individuals? Like, so someone who wants to build financial wealth, maybe through their business and assets and stuff, is that a role that you play as well? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so at, at Valley first, we have a uh, role called a business banking advisor and okay. And they're the, you know, rather a, a member that, that um, you know, maybe is an employee or retired that comes and sits down with our financial advisors. If you were a, uh, like a business member or a business owner, you would come in and, and sit with our, uh, our business banking advisors. Same strategy. They would bring me in. It'd be a little bit of a different conversation because now we're looking at business succession planning and different type of taxation and, you know, holding companies and all that kind of stuff, which I won't get into, but, um, same same process we also have a great commercial team so if if we're talking about you know our obviously larger commercial lending um, we've got a me um, that specializes specifically in uh, commercial members her name's sheena and she's fantastic so really it doesn't you know all walks of life yeah still want to you still want to go through that planning right i mean just because somebody's you know a doctor or a developer or runs a you know a startup doesn't mean you know they're experts at that doesn't necessarily mean they're spending the time on their own plan and yeah, that's a great point valid point um just a little bit of a switch but i've read a fair amount about ethical investing and i believe you you wrote an article about this but do people have to give up on like or people think they have to give up on return in order to invest responsibly and, and i mean from what i see it's not the case um can you speak a little bit around that sure well there's uh you know there's kind of been a switch right um so ethical investing isn't like it's it's not called that anymore. Okay. It's a different style. Ethical investing was very exclusionary. So basically, you can't invest in this and this and this because it's not good for, you know, whatever, whether it's right. or right. what have you. What socially responsible or responsible investing is is basically we're going to do a financial um, analysis of these companies just like you would in a traditional fund. Yeah. 
And then we're going to do another second screening of what they call best in class and look at it as, through a scope of environmental, social and governance issues. So as an example, with ethical funds, they might not have held anything that was oil and gas related. Got it. Right. And there's people that don't want, you know, fossil fuel in their investments. And we have, you know, non fossil fuel options for them. But, you know, most of us are driving, you know, gas vehicles and talking on cell phones and living in houses and, you know, doing all those kind of things that are byproducts of that. So, you know, they're saying, look, it, you know, it, it, we're not at a place in society where we can stop, but let's reward the companies that are doing the best job at things like reforestation and, and driving alternate energy sources. Because if you've got a, as an example, a, you know, a gas, an oil company, sorry, that that's all they do. Right. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to get to a spot where we can turn that switch and we don't need oil anymore. Right. Well, what's going to happen to that company? They're going to go to zero, right? Bye-bye. You have another oil company that's, you know, drives as much of their, their um, net profit through, you know, uh, wind, wind turbines, solar power, you know, those types of things. They're the leading edge of that. Well, let's invest in those people. So basically what responsible investing does is, is what they call impact investing, where, where not only are they investing in companies that do well, they're rewarding the companies that are doing well in the, in the right way, right? You know, they also look at things like, um, you know, governance. Um, it's been proven that, you know, that old boys club of, uh, you know, board of directors that's, you know, 12 guys, doesn't do as well as a board that's much more diverse because now you're thinking out of the box, you're getting different opinions on things and, and it opens up that whole new spectrum, right? right. Interesting. You know, so we can have a whole discussion around oh, that. Side of it. I think it's fascinating. The industry and, and the biggest thing I guess to remember is, is because our world is going that way. I mean, that's all you hear about now, you know, even pay attention to, you know, <laughs> try not to, but pay attention to what's going on down in the States. Right amount of it is, you know, one, one uh, administration is for climate change, you know, we got to control that the other one just wants to turn a blind eye to it, right. So it's, it's, it's out there, it's people are talking about it. So, you know, we got to make sure that from an investment perspective, you know, we have those options, but, but the, the universe of what we can invest in is huge now, because companies, are, companies know they have to go that way. Interesting. So how often do you meet or communicate with your clients? Like, is, is, that a, is it a set time or as needed? How do you typically, uh, how's your communication with your, your clients? Yeah, well, I mean, really that's member driven. So again, a little bit to the structure here at Valley First, I don't carry a book of business. So okay. my job is answering questions, providing advice to all our members. So then again, part of my role is, is, you know, is this a a member that's better served with our in-branch advisors. Um, our next step would be our wealth advisors and then our senior wealth advisors. So depending on, on what their needs are um, from, uh, you know, a product or a, a discussion point of view, right. they would reside with one of those. And then, then one of those, the person that's actually managing their, their relationship would go to them and say, okay, is this, you know, a quarterly discussion every year, you know, because it's really different from everybody. everybody. People that, hey, you know, I trust you, you know, only let me know if we need to change something. Yeah. And then there's, you know, other ones that either from a, a you know, a concern point of view or some people just, you know, this is their hobby is, is following, you know, investments along. They want to have a, you know, obviously a, a 
broader or more more uh, regular conversation. So it's really up to the member. And then with my role, anytime you know the conversation goes beyond you know the the regular back and forth, and there's planning or you know maybe the budget changes and they have yeah. questions about that, then then I get brought back in. Interesting. Okay. I did warn you about this. We're going to switch focus for a few seconds here, a few minutes. I mean, is we're going to do something I call rapid fire questions. We're going to park sure. investing in financial for I better sit up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to learn about you a little bit, just 10 questions. So there there's very, not very difficult. So number one, what was your very first job? My first job was delivering papers. Yeah. <laughs> Paper boy in uh, the South area of, Vancouver, of Kelowna. Uh, interesting. Okay. Who's the most famous person you ever met? Whew. Um, well, I tend to uh, default to sports yeah. athletes. So, you know, probably Doug Flutie and, and then an NFL Hall of Famer, Fred Blitnikoff would be the oh, yeah. you know, my two, probably two most famous people. Although I did meet Phyllis Diller. Oh, did you really? <laughs> How did that come? What did you meet? charity function in Vancouver uh, when I was playing with the Lions. So that was probably globally would be the most famous person. Interesting. Um, are you, I'm not sure if you're an avid reader, but if you are, what are you reading right now? What, what's, you know, what are you picking um, up? I'm actually reading a, um, a book, <laughs> again, going back to football. And I don't normally read this, but I'm, I'm uh, reading a, a kind of a biography on the Oakland Raiders. Oh, okay. Well, then Fred Belitnikoff, you're a big Raiders fan? Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. I'm I'm becoming more. They were my second team. I grew up loving the Pittsburgh Steelers because oh. when I first started watching football, it was Lynn Swan and yeah, yeah. Curtin, Mean Joe Green. So I've always been a Steelers fan. But Fred Belitnikoff was my coach when you were in Cal or yeah, when I was in Calgary. So I've kind of getting over to the dark side, the Raider Nation a little bit. You must be loving this year with the Steelers. <laughs> actually like yeah that's right yeah um if you had to close the door and crank up some music while you're working what are you listening to well that's a good question because i'm i'm kind of all over the map on that um i would say i mean i'm a like an 80s rock guy i guess at heart so yeah you know, i like you know bon jovi and you know some bob seger some older stuff good you know, mix that. yeah yeah good mix. um is there someone that you really admire as you're going through even your professional in your sports career or now into, into your professional career at, at Valley First? Is there someone that you is someone you really admire that's either in your life or outside of that you look up to? Um, you know what? Again, I mean, we're starting to develop a theme here, but, you know, some of the coaches I've had in the past were, you know, not only great people, but I've learned so much from, I mean, you know, the one that jumps out to me is Ron Lancaster was my, was my head coach when I was in Edmonton and, you know, just a gentleman. And, and I think he really taught me how to be, you know, a competitor, you know, strive to be the best and win, but still have empathy, you know, no, you know, pay attention to the people that are around you. Don't be just, you know, narrow focused. Interesting. Um, do you have any favorite quotes that people say this is something that Jay always says? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Nothing uh, comes to mind. What's that? Nothing comes to mind. Well, I mean, yeah, the only one that I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm a fairly bubbly personality. I'm definitely a glass half full person. So uh, there was a quote by Emerson that said, uh, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Mm. 
right? And I, I believe that. I think if, you know, if you go into something with just kind of like, oh, oh well, I'll get yeah. this done, you get it done. If you go yeah. in with like, hey, let's, let's, you know, let's be awesome at this and let's rock it, you're going to come in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what was the first big ticket item you bought with your own money? Saved a bunch of money and you went out and bought what? <laughs> I'm going to say it was probably, the year escapes me, but it was an old Datsun pickup that had no front fenders. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, what's something that you want to do next year that you haven't done before, maybe in your business or personal life? Is there anything sort of, I don't want to say bucket list, maybe it could be your professional career because we don't know what, you know, what might look like in 2021 for travel. So is there anything on your list that you'd love to cross off in next year? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, next year, I mean, obviously from a personal aspect, you know, I, uh, again, um, you know, my wife is in the school district, so she gets summers off, which, you know, is a little bit of the conflict with the, on the football side, but, you know, I, we definitely, whenever, you know, it's safe to do so have a kind of a, you know, a big trip, planned right you know because now we're as i said our kids are out of the house and um, we have the ability to do that so um, that's definitely in the plan you know like i say from a work perspective i you know i really enjoy what i do so there's yeah. nothing nothing on the horizon that i'd say oh, i can't wait to do that or i can't wait to do this it's just like i say continue on with the the people yeah. we have i think we got a good you know a good thing going for our members but also internally with the staff it's a it's a great team so i just Look forward to continuing on with that. Awesome. Um, when we're able to travel, what's what's your favorite place you've ever visited? Well, um, I actually was lucky enough at one point to do a, a cruise of the Indian Ocean and um, spend time in. So it's in my mind a bit of a blur, but the Maldives and the Seychelles Islands, okay, great smack dab in the middle of the Indian Ocean fantastic like tropical tropical paradise yeah. and i would love to go back that'd be amazing yeah. last question if you were in a wealth planning special at valley first what would you be doing well um you know what i i again my wife's in the school district i would i think if i could do it all over again i'd probably be a teacher mm -hmm. right i love you know, working with people, helping yeah. them, you know, kids coaching with, you know, younger people. I mean, with the Okanagan Sun, it was kind of, uh, you know, the 17 to 22 year olds, you're just Thank beyond you. that, but right. you know, more of the high school. I, I don't know that I could teach elementary school. Those right. teachers are saints. You're kind of a teacher right now. Yeah, just, yeah. A just a different, right. I think that's probably the, the, the direction I would go just because, yeah. you know, listening to the stories and you know again I mean I've been fortunate you know I've spoken at schools on you know both sports and um, financial planning right and, you know got to know a lot of the teachers you know again because I've been in the in the community so long and we have got some amazing teachers up there so excellent well thank you for doing that I appreciate it a couple more questions and we'll wrap up so um, in the industry that we're in uh, that I'm in you know we, we always say that sort of designers have a style so you can tell you know I can look at an ad and say, you know what, I know which designer is that. So do you find that in your role, do you have a philosophy or style that you typically, is, is, can you describe what that would, might be when someone, when you're working with somebody? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, definitely, like we have a process here that, you know, we kind of follow in, in my role right from, a, you know, a member's first interaction with the branch. Um, but I, I would say we're, you know, where I kind of put my own stamp on that is more on the, you know, 
just more on the personal side, like getting really getting to know the members. And, you know, I think that's something that, that, you know, again, I felt with, with sitting down with the members that they, they want to do is they want to make sure, you know, I know about them and I care about them. And, you know, you asked for a quote earlier. Another one is they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. Yeah, right. I really like right. to build that relationship with the members before I get into any of the, you know, here's what my recommendation or here's what we think you, you know, you should probably be doing. Um, because, you know, at that point, it's just, it's just us talking to them until we really build that relationship. So I think that's, that's kind of, you know, where yeah. I maybe differ a little bit is really, that's what I focus on. Yeah, no, that's good. So anyone that's listening to this um, or watching and they have questions or they want to have a discussion, like what's the best way? What's the next steps? What should they do? How do they get a hold of you or what, what do you recommend? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, you know, either if they're comfortable, you know, go into their branch, you know, the closest Valley First branch they have and just say, you know, we want to have a discussion on uh on retirement planning, you know, we right. want to put that and and again, you know, don't have to be a member to go through that process. I mean, I, I think it's important for everybody. I mean, hey, we're we're a financial institution. We'd love them to move their business here, right. but that's not, you know, that's not a prerequisite. You know, we'll sit down and we'll do the planning for them. You know, if they're not comfortable with coming into a branch, you know, we're all getting much more comfortable in this in this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Your uh, conferences. Um, just reach out by phone. It goes to our call center and they're fantastic in, as far as setting up appointments. So typically I don't meet with members individually, just me and the members. It's always with the financial advisor, but um, either in the branch or calling our, our member contact center and they'll uh, remember advice center. It's now called uh, they'll set up the appointment. Excellent. Well, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with you. I really enjoyed our discussion. And, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that, uh, you know, you should, this is something you should leave or ignore. And it doesn't matter your age, you should start having, at least having that discussion um, now. Because I agree, you know, when you're in your early 20s or 30s, there's other priorities sometimes. And I get that, but you should at least have that discussion. So thank you for sharing like really good value information today. Uh, and I enjoyed our discussions. So. Yeah, absolutely. The one, the one last thing I'll say too, is especially the younger people, you know, it's not a, here, we're going to give you a retirement plan, or even if you're 65 and in retirement, we're going to give you this plan and right off into the sunset, we're not right. going to talk to you again. It's, you know, it's a constant, you know, it's a living document that will continue on with throughout your, your career. And that's, and that's a good point because your life changes. Right? Absolutely. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Well, JJ, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And maybe we can, uh, uh, you know, do this again later on when we're out of the pandemic and see what that looks like. So absolutely. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks for tuning into Business Matters. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.